Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. I grew up in a like a divorced household of my time I was four or five years old. And it kind of went to like the Tuesday, Thursday, every other weekend uh, with my dad and then like the other days with my mother. And it was kind of like that for most of my childhood up until, you know, I was like 13 years old. Things started to smooth out a little bit, um, meaning I got used to it. Not so much like it got better, but I got used to it. It became the normal, just my parents being separated when I was about 15 years old at this point. And I was at a baseball tournament, and I got a phone call saying, your dad's dead. And I remember getting that phone call, and I was just like, it was one of those things where you just hang up immediately. This isn't real. I don't know what you're talking about. I had no details of, of what actually happened at this time. I'm sitting there confused as I can be as a 15-year-old kid thinking, is this real? And I remember picking up the phone and calling my step, would-be stepbrother then, calling him back, and, and he told me, your dad committed suicide. I, at that point, I felt like I lost my best friend. And I think for me, that was that, that moment where I turned to everything but God, turning to marijuana, turning to Xanax, turning to alcohol, turning to anything I could possibly find to get my hands on that would numb the pain that I felt every single day waking up. So um, I'm on the way to the bar out at the beach. Um, it was a Thursday night, and I was carrying with me at the time um, a 32-ounce open beer, um, two ounces of marijuana, a scale that was in my car, and uh, I was also under the influence. I had been drinking um, and smoking that night. I didn't have my seatbelt on. Um, and there was a cop car kind of posted on the side of the road. And he caught behind me, and his lights came on. <laughs> and when his lights came on, that was the most sobering feeling, realizing that my whole, I felt like my whole world was about to just come collapse, you know, right in front of me. I had been numbing a pain that was so deep inside of me for so long that what I was doing felt normal. And it wasn't until I got everything stripped away from me where I literally had to sit on my hands with handcuffs on in the back of a cop car to realize that I had everything I had been doing had led up to this moment. I was arrested from Thursday to Sunday and I never told anyone that I had got arrested or went to jail. And that Sunday was the day I, like, I woke up and it was a, a feeling that I had to, to do something different today. I, when I got out, I felt like there's something that I have to change in my life. When I got out, I, I called my sister and I asked her what she was doing and she told me she was at sub 30. She was like, I'm at, I'm at church, I'm at celebration. She come check it out. And I was like, at that point, I, I, you're at that point when, when you've you know, gone through what I've gone through in those days where you're like, I don't care what it is or who it is, I need to be around someone that carries joy the way that she does. And so I went and I remember I showed up. I remember Pastor Keith Sr. preaching this message on hold on and let go. 
and, and he was just talking about just holding on to the things that Jesus wants you to hold on to and letting go of the things from the past. You don't feel like you're getting a breakthrough. Maybe there's an area of your life where you don't feel as if you're getting any traction. I want to submit to you that maybe it's just possible that God has stepped into your world to dislocate your plan so that you can slow down, so that you can have a true conversation with him. I remember coming down to that altar and finally opening up to, to, to something that was bigger than myself. The old me was gone and I was in with the new and the, the same person that was addicted to all those drugs and addicted to the alcohol, that wasn't that same person. It's hard to explain in the moment, but when you let that barrier down, when you become vulnerable and let them in, that's when true life change will happen. Let's give it up for God right now. Oh, man. Great to see everybody on this Resurrection Sunday. And today, we are celebrating when death was put to death by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He overcame. And he's risen, and he is alive, and he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And uh, we're so glad that you're here today at all of our locations. Come on, will you help me welcome all of our locations today and maybe some people that are out of town watching online. This is what Celebration Church is all about, all about celebrating our risen Savior. And once again, we are so, so glad that you're here. I just want to highlight a couple of things uh, before we get into today's message. First of all, you guys saw... Uh, the promo for the series that we're kicking off next week called Mad World. How many of you would agree that we live in a mad world? We live in a mad world, and there's a lot of things happening, a lot of conflict happening in our world, and we're gonna look into some of these things. We're gonna get into a little bit of what Jesus said about the end times, and we're gonna give you the things that you need so that you can live a sane life in a mad world so that you can not just survive, so that you can really thrive and be who God's called you to be and understand that, you know, Jesus told us that troubles would come. And he told us that in this world we would have tribulation, but in him we can have peace. So I wanted just to really encourage you to make, it's just a three-week series, and I really encourage you to come back and bring your friends and neighbors. I think it's gonna be one of the best series and most insightful series that we've ever done here at Celebration. And then the other thing is uh, our college, Celebration College, which Ryan, who you saw in the video, Ryan now attends. You know, it's that time of year if you're the parent of a graduating senior and they're looking into schools, I'm asking you uh, to please consider Celebration College. And I wanna remind everyone, especially all of our parents, that, that our accreditation from SCU, it's the same as the University of Florida. It's the same as Florida State. Uh, they, they, they can choose from several majors, just like any major university. If they leave, they can transfer to any other school in the U.S., even the Ivy Leagues, I mean, Harvard, Yale, Celebration College, they're all right there together. I mean, which... So to me, the choice is obvious. And of course, they also have 
uh, the ministry internship available to them, and we disciple and pour into our college students every single week. I meet with them uh, once a month. We have about two hours together. They're in all of our staff meetings, all of our leadership training, and so um, if you're the parent of a graduating senior, uh, or you're just in, you know, in college or in your 20s, and, and maybe you feel the call of God on your life or you're looking for a change, we would love for you to check us out. And there is a booth right out in the front at all of our locations, Celebration College. Check it out. Awesome. Are y'all ready to get into the Word today? Ready to get in the Word? All right. It's, look, this is, this is going to be a good one. So just look at someone near you and say, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. That's because we're talking about Jesus. We're celebrating his resurrection and his power. And so I wanna take a look at a, at a crucial component in this event of the crucifixion and resurrection that many times people overlook, but really it's kind of the key to this whole deal here and what Jesus wants from us. And it's found in Luke chapter 22, verse 42. This is when Jesus, when the, was in, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying and uh, man, it was like he was getting the, the revelation and the realization that he's about to go to the cross and die and be, become sin, the very thing that he hated, he's about to become sin, sin, he's about to become sin for us and die for our sins. And Jesus prays this simple prayer. He says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me, this, 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 this pain, this trauma that I'm about to engage. He says, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. I want to talk to you for the next few moments about surreal surrender. Surreal surrender. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I just pray that we lean in in these next few moments, Lord, so we can understand, God, what you want from us and the potential that we have in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this question What, is, what does anybody want? from someone that they love. Think about the people in your life that you know you love them, your, your, your spouse, your kids, your, your friends. If you love someone, then what you want from them is a relationship. Am I right? If you love someone, what you want from them is a relationship. So when we think about just the simple concept, what does Jesus want from us? Jesus wants a relationship. The reason that Jesus died on the cross for our sins was so that he could have a relationship with you and I. We could say it this way. He rose for relationship. What's this whole thing about? His death, burial, resurrection. What is this whole thing about? This is about Jesus rising from the grave to be Lord of heaven and earth so that we could have a relationship with God. That's what the whole thing is about. And if you're new to church, we say all the time, listen, walking with Jesus, knowing Jesus, it's not a religion, it is a relationship. Religion is man's way to get to God. Jesus is God's way to get to man. 
Okay, so what? So, so if that's what God wants, right? He wants a relationship. So all those scriptures about God loving us, for, you know, for God so loved the world and, and the love of God, all those scriptures about love, God loves us. So he loves us, so he wants a relationship with us. But what was the key that enabled Jesus to secure this opportunity for us, follow me here, for us to have a relationship with him. Well, obviously we say, okay, well, he had to die for our sins. He had to be the sacrifice once and for all time for our sins. He had to, had to bridge that gap so there would be no separation uh, between God and man. We could say that, yes, it's the crucifixion, but what was the catalyst for the crucifixion? I'll submit to you, we just read it there in Luke chapter 22, when at the very final stages of his mission, and Jesus realized that he had the full revelation from his Father, what he had to do and what he had to become, the, the, the sins of the world placed upon him on the cross, like, like what that was gonna mean and what that was gonna do and, 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 and how for a moment the father would have to look away. He, 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 as he realized that moment, he thought, man, I, I'm, uh, uh, father, not my will, but your will be done. He surrendered. And it was a surreal surrender. That word surreal, it means unusual. It means bizarre. Like really, this is God in the flesh. It's God walking as a man that he would go through this for his creation, that he would go through this just so we could have a relationship with him. What did Jesus do? He surrendered. He surrendered. He surrendered to the will of his father. And now watch. He surrendered to God's will. Come on, what, what looked like a tragedy when he was on that cross, that tragedy turned into a triumph. Yeah. He rose from the grave. He surrendered to the father's will. He rose in resurrection life as Lord of heaven and earth. And here's what Jesus is asking us. Here's what he wants from us today. He's done his part of surrender. Now he wants you to do your part of surrender and surrendering to God's will so that you can have this relationship that he died for. So we have to learn how to surrender. But here's the thing about sur surrender. We don't like that word, do we? What, surrender, that's like tapping out. Surrender's like a loser. Surrender's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm losing, I'm lost. Like, we, we don't like that word. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, my youngest daughter, Annabelle. I mean, she's 14 now, but back when she, man, she was like, she was just learning to talk, and Carrie remembers this story. We talk about it all the time. She was just kind of learn. you know, we're disciplining her, and she's getting to that age where she's, you know, we're trying to teach her obedience, you know, and right from wrong, and don't do this. Come on, I have some parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know if she's two, three, I, I don't know what age she was. And so I was trying to explain to her this concept of obedience. See what I'm saying? Like, like Annabelle, look, you know, we're, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna throw our, 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 our baba at family members. We're not, you know, we're not gonna spill our food. I'm trying, you know, I need you to obey 
I need you to obey. Obedience means do what daddy says. And it was like a disconnect. How many parents can relate out there? Like a, a disconnect. She was just looking at me. She'd, she'd pout her lip out and just look at me. And so finally one day she repeated. I said, Annabelle, obey daddy. Obey. And she said, obey. I said, yes. She said, obey means do what you say. I said, yes. She said, obey. I said, yes. She said, I don't like that word. <laughs> just straight up, just giving it to me. I don't like that word. But isn't that kind of how we are? We want the good parts of Jesus, right? We want forgiveness, we want all these good things, and, and God loves us when we talk about things like obedience, when we talk about things like surrender. I don't know about that, but think about this. Don't, don't we really kind of surrender to stuff all the time? Every time you get on an airplane, you are surrendering your life <laughs> to a trained pilot, hopefully, right? If you, if you have surgery, if you go under, if it's a serious surgery, what are you doing? Aren't you surrendering your life to a doctor? Whether if you're at Orange Park, it would be the Buckman in 295 or <laughs> Julington Creek, maybe where you get on at 95. I mean, over, over here, Midtown, it's kind of where 295 intersects JTB. Don't we just surrender our lives to JTB and the Buckman around 5.30, don't we just, have you, try, have you stopped trying to fight it? Oh man. You know what I've noticed? Everyone is a crazy driver except for me. Do y'all notice that? I'm, I'm the correct driver. I go the right speeds, I merge the right way, I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Anybody else think that about themselves? <laughs> listen to this listen to this definition of surrender surrender means a willful acceptance a willful acceptance and yielding to a dominating force Jesus yielded his life to his heavenly father and he faced the force of the cross and as I said before, even though that looked, or, 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 or it looked like a tragedy, it was really a triumph. Even though it looked like to some on the outside, Peter, no, Lord, you can't be put to death. Even, even from his own uh, disciples, even though it, it maybe looked like a mistake, it wasn't a mistake, it was the beginning of a miracle. Jesus surrendered to secure this relationship with you and I, and you now, you now you know what? When he says, come and follow me, he's saying, okay, I've surrendered. I need you to surrender now so that God can have what he's always wanted, and that is a relationship with you because he loves you. So here's what I wanna do in the next few moments. What I wanna do when we talk about surrendering our lives to Jesus, when we talk about surrendering our lives to God's will, I just wanna bring a real simple 
kind of clear, kind of three components of what surrender looks like when we say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surrender my life to this person, Jesus. I'm gonna surrender my life to the Lord or I'm gonna put God first or I'm gonna sur surrender to God's will. If you're in here today or at any of our locations and you're saying, okay, Stovall, if Jesus really loves me and he, he, he died for me and, and, and I'm not even sure if God is real, but, but, but if he is or if God will show himself to me, then, then, then I wanna pray that same prayer. Lord, for the rest of my life, my prayer is not my will, but thy will be done. That I would live for you, that Jesus would be Lord, that my sins would be forgiven, that I would have eternal life. When God's asking you to surrender, what is he kind of asking you specifically to surrender to in the, per, in the person of Jesus? I wanna give you three things here. And the first thing is, is this. He's asking you to surrender to the purpose of God. He's asking you to surrender to the purpose of God. Put, the, put that scripture up there. Everybody, all of our locations, look at this. I love, this is one of my favorite Scriptures here. It says, look, 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 look. God saved you by his grace when you believed. We've been talking about grace a lot here at Celebration. It says, look, and you, take, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Look, look, look. For we are God's what? Masterpiece. He has created us anew, that's speaking of resurrection life, that's speaking of true purpose, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we, we, we hear things like this, well God has a plan for your life. And many of you are thinking, man, my life stinks. So if God's having a plan for my life, if God has a plan for my life, it sure ain't working out how I wanted it to. Well, let me say this. God does have a plan for your life, but you need to understand to, to, to tap into that plan. That plan is anew in Jesus. As it says there, and the Bible says this, you are God's masterpiece. Listen to me, listen, listen. You matter. Think of what it takes to, to, to paint a masterpiece or any type of work of art that's a masterpiece. Think about that. Think about the artists there, the, the intentionality and the focus, you know, the, the art that are masterpieces or any type of design. You know, if someone didn't just, you know, roll up in there and throw a bunch of paint or kind of, you know, do a couple of brushes or, you know, mold something like this and be like, oh man, look, that turned out all right. You know what? There was intentionality. Listen. God designed you as a masterpiece and he has a purpose for your life. And to tap in, if we could say that, watch this. To tap in, you gotta tap out. Oh, that was good preaching. I'm trying to behave, it's Easter. To tap into that, Purpose, that plan, you gotta tap out. You gotta what? You gotta surrender. Because it's new in Jesus. Listen to me. You matter. 
Your life here, it's, you're not here just to kind of eat by in life. You're not just kind of some, you know, whatever. There's all these billions of people and I'm just one of billions and I got all, all these problems. I have all this conflict and my life is a mess and I'm in so much pain and hurt and all this kind of stuff. No, listen, listen to me. Don't confuse where you are with who you are. Don't get those two things confused. You might be in a really bad place in life. You might have experienced a lot of loss. You might have experienced a lot of pain. You might, other people might have done a lot of bad things too. That's what I'm gonna be talking about in this series, Mad, uh, mad World. Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people? Listen, you look in the Bible, all the heroes of the faith, a whole lot of bad things happened to them, but they didn't confuse where they were with who they were. When Joseph was in the prison, he didn't just say, oh, I guess I'm just a prisoner. I guess I'm just a criminal. Well, I'm just gonna be this for the rest of my life. No, he knew that God had a purpose for him. And even though he was currently in a prison, he wasn't gonna confuse where he was with who he was. And he was gonna stay faithful to God. Come on, God brought him out of that prison and into a palace. He was in tragedy, but he ended up in triumph because he surrendered to God. Just like Jesus surrendered to the will of his father, the cross look like a tragedy no it was a triumph how he surrendered he surrendered listen to me you are made for more you're made for more you're a child of God there is resurrection if you surrender there is resurrection power that Jesus wants to put on the inside of you and you know what really going to churches and, and praying and, and learning to walk with God and here, here at Celebration, you know, we walk you through four simple steps of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and making a difference. You know what that's about? It's about learning how to access and use that resurrection power that God gave you the very day you surrendered your life to him. You're an overcomer where you realize it or not. So even though right now you'd say, my life stinks. Don't confuse where you are with who you are. I love those scriptures. That's why, what does is, what is, uh, the Bible say? The psalmist said, says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Come on, who put death to death? Jesus so that shadow, it might mess with you a little bit, but it's not gonna overtake you. Even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will fear no evil because who is with you? Your creator is with you. That's why it doesn't say when I lay down. No, it says when I walk through. Listen, whatever predicament you are in in your life right now, when you surrender to Jesus or if Jesus is with you, come on, you're not staying there, you're just walking through. You're just walking through, he's with you. You're just walking through. Don't confuse where you are with who you are. But see, here's what happens when we think of purpose. You know why so many people's lives are in a wreck? Or so broken? It's because when you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. When you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. Think about Ryan. Where's, where's, where's Ryan who was on the video? Think about Ryan. Ryan didn't understand 
that he was God's masterpiece, that God had a plan and a purpose for his life, and he looked at his pain and all of that. God, you talk about tragedy and father committing. He, all of those things, because he didn't understand God had a purpose for his life. What did he start to do? He started to abuse it through drugs and all that kind of stuff. And when you don't understand the purpose of something, you abuse it. I, I think about my children. I think about uh, Stovey. Once again, when Stovey was real young, uh, he's 17 now. I can't believe it. It's terrifying. But uh, when he was young, remember this character? Remember when those friends let us stay at the ski lodge in Montana? So <laughs> come on, pastor got blessed on this one. Now listen. So, so these people, they let us stay like in their nice ski lodge up in Montana. I mean, this place was nice. It was really nice. So we go up there with our kids. I can't remember how old Stovey is. And so, so we're telling the kids, listen, y'all parents, you know, you just start out with this with your kids. Don't touch anything. You know, you can tell these people, all their kids were grown. They've obviously forgotten. I'm thinking, are they sure they want us to stay in this condo? <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're like, man, everybody be careful. Everybody. So Stovey, I don't know how old he is. I don't know, six, seven, something. And so they have this super nice, uh, it's like a coffee table, like really this kind of antique, super nice thing. And our, our coffee tables at our house, they just weren't like that. They were like little glass you know, kind of, you know, like a rooms to go. I don't know. So, you know, all those things that break every six months and you're like, when am I going to buy something nice? And then you go right back to the rooms to go and get another. <laughs> so it's like this real nice. I mean, we had just gotten there and lo and behold, I come out and Stovey, he'd either gotten a fork or a knife. You know, it was this real low table and he was sitting down at it and he was carving <laughs> in the table like, Making art, like carving transformers and weapons and just, like carving in it. I'm like, son, what are you doing? He's like, I'm drawing. <laughs> I said, son, th th this is a table. It's the same kind of table as like the kitchen table. Listen, son, tables are made for eating, not for carving. He didn't understand the purpose of it, so he abused it. So we do in our lives. We don't understand the purpose, so we just carve it up, abuse it. See, this explains to some of you why your golf clubs are all bent and broken, and <laughs> marks on them everywhere, because the purpose of a golf club is to hit the ball, not to wrap it around a tree or to throw it out in the parking lot when you hit a bad shot. You're abusing the purpose. Who's ready to confess right now you've been abusing? Listen, let me tell you what you do. This is what, Pastor, this is what I do. I'm gonna confess as well. So what I learned to do, instead of throwing my clubs when I'm mad, I wait till I get to a sand trap and I get the rake out of the sand trap and I throw that. 
deal with it. I got issues. All right, so I'm just trying to keep your clubs in good shape here. It's time to surrender to God's purpose. Put him first. He's got a new life waiting for you. The second thing, surrender to the peace of God. Surrender to the purpose of God. We also surrender to the peace of God. How many of you could use some more peace in your life? I'm gonna show you right here in three minutes how to, how to get it, okay? Look at this scripture here in Philippians chapter four. Look at this, it says, look, look. Come on, can you believe this? Look at the first four words. Don't worry about anything. Really, God? Gotcha, Lord. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Come on, man. Don't worry about anything. You're real, God. But watch, 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 watch. It doesn't say just don't worry about anything. Look at the next word. Instead, this is called replacement therapy. <laughs> replacement therapy. Look, don't worry about anything, but instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all, his done, all he has done. Look at this. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Look, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So look, here's how I like to summarize this verse right here. Here's how to access God's peace. You've gotta turn your worry into worship. It's replacement therapy. The Holy Spirit's called our counselor. I believe everybody needs therapy from the Holy Spirit. He says, look, 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 turn your worry into worship. When you're worrying about something, watch, that is energy lost. When you worship God, that is energy returned at a higher level. So many things we worry about. Come on, we can't control. Do I have any control freaks in here? Come on, I'm a control freak. My staff thinks I'm a control freak. I don't call it, I, I like to say I'm inspecting they will tell you my micromanagement knows no end, but I just call it thorough inspection. <laughs> What's going on? With so many things we spend our energy, listen, we can't control. What, what is it? Life is like, 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 like 10% what you do and not about 90% of how you react to it. And there's so many problems. See, people have this idea. Here's what people think. People have this idea that having peace, peace means a lack of problems. That's never gonna happen. Jesus said he didn't come to take all our problems away. He came to show us how to thrive and overcome and have peace in the midst of those problems. That's what... Look, if you've lived long enough, you just, like, like problems are like, those are kind of like regular problems. Those are kind of like, that's good. It's kind of like, it's when you get to crisis. You know, we kind of go from crisis, regular problems. Crisis, regular problems. Anybody else feeling me? It's what the world does. It's a mad world. That's what we're gonna talk about. And so here's the mistake people think, what people try to do. This is why they try to medicate their life or they do the other things like this. Here's what they, they think. They think peace is the absence of conflict. 
So I need to remove as much conflict as I can, but we cannot remove all problems and conflict from our lives. Watch, watch. Here's what peace is. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of trust. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is the presence of trust. Watch. I'm trusting God in the conflict. I'm trusting God in the, the problem. I'm trusting God in the pain. I'm trusting God in the valley. I'm not gonna worry about this because I really have no control over this but I'm gonna turn my worry into worship and I'm gonna give God thanks for who he is and that he's my heavenly father and I'm gonna pray about this thing and God is gonna get me through it. Come on. This is trust. So when we're talking about surrendering to Jesus, we're talking about trust. Look at this verse here in Proverbs, chapter three, verse five. There it is. Five and six, look, trust in the Lord with all your what? With all your heart. Some, sometimes your mind is so, is so worked up. You're in such pain or you don't know what to, what to do. Look, that's why it says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding because you're crazy half the time. Look, seek his will. God's purpose. God's peace. Lord, not my will, but thy will. Be done. Seek his will in all you do. And look at this. He will show you which path to take. When we surrender to Jesus, we're surrendering to the prince of peace. And as we learn to trust God in our conflict, we can experience that peace in our everyday lives. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. So we're gonna to surrender to God's peace and of course, we're gonna to surrender to the love of God. We're gonna to surrender to the love of God. Here's the question I wanna to pose to each and every one of you. And I'm gonna please ask no one leave. I know it's Easter. I know it's Easter. Listen, the service is, is short. We've only been here like 57 minutes. I got a clock right there. Don't be like, we've been here forever. Let's get out. We got it. No, no, no. You've been here 57 minutes. It's Easter Sunday. The Jags aren't playing. If you're trying to get to the golf course, you're going to throw your clubs anyway. You're going to forget everything I talked about. Here's a question I want to pose. How do I know, Stovall, how do I know God loves me? Because if I look at my life and I look at the hurt that's happened to me, the pain that I'm experiencing, the loss that I've suffered or, 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 or just how it seems like things never work out the way I want them to work out. I mean, if I look at my life, it's hard to believe that God really loves me. So how do I know that God loves me? God gave us several verses to answer that exact question. Look at this verse right here. Romans 5, 8, look, God showed. Everybody say, showed. How, how do I know? 
God loves me, show me the love. Like how, my, my life is a wreck, God. It doesn't feel like you love me. How do I know you love me? Look what it says, God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we will, we're still sinners. Go, go to the next verse real quick. Look, 1 John 4, 9 and 10, look, God showed, everybody say showed. God showed how much he loved us. That's why he wants a relationship with us, because he loves us. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Look, this is real love. That song we kicked off the experience with today. This is real love. Look, not that we love God, but look that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Listen, listen, this is so important, so important. Never judge God's love for you based on your current or past circumstances. But always judge God's love for you based on what Jesus did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. That's why. He said we were gonna have pain. He said we were gonna have trials. Look at his followers. Look at Jesus's life. He said all that, and so he knew that there'd be times that we'd look at our life or our brokenness or how things are, and we'd be like, wow, God, do you, do you really love, love me? That's why it's so important that when Jesus died, it's God showing us and proving to us once and for all how much he loves us. If you ever have that question, does God really want me? Does my life really matter? Am I really a masterpiece? Look at my life, it's a wreck. Don't look at your circumstances. I want you to look to Jesus. Look at how he died for you on the cross and he surrendered to the will of his father so that he could secure this opportunity for you. It's only an opportunity. He could secure the opportunity for you to experience his love and have this relationship with him, which is what God has always wanted and that you can now have. But now, for some of us, it's your turn to surrender. It's your turn to surrender. And I'll tell you, those few things that I talked about, you know, purpose and peace and love, you know, every human being needs those things. You don't have to look in the Bible for that. You could just go read some good psychiatry. It's what every human being, it's like core needs, love and purpose, hope, peace. Here's how God set this up. You will never truly find those things. Oh, you can search for them and all kind of stuff that's not gonna fulfill you, but you'll never truly find those things until you surrender to Jesus because those things are in him and you were created for a relationship. Come on, how many of you will agree with me? Right now, how many of you will agree? Here's what I wanna do. Here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna ask, listen. I'm gonna add, listen, nobody leave, nobody leave, nobody leave, nobody leave. You can't leave, we have video monitors on you right now. <laughs> Our Easter Bunny ushers will track you down. And listen, no one, I, I wanna keep this a sacred moment, sacred moment.
Just bow your heads real quick because I don't want anybody leaving here today without having the opportunity to surrender. To surrender. Jesus surrendered his life for you. And now he says, will you surrender your life? Will you do your part of surrendering so that you can experience all of the things that you're really looking for and have a relationship with God and have eternal life? If you'd say, Stovall, I'm, I'm ready to surrender to God this morning. Maybe for the very first time or maybe you've drifted from God. Maybe you surrendered at one time, but come on, you know you've drifted far from God and, and you need to surrender afresh to Jesus today. If that's you, will you just lift up a hand real quick? Wherever you are, I want you to raise it high. Yes, 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 yes. So many hands are going up. Listen, this is not for me. This is for God, and this is important. I want you to raise your hands. Hundreds of hands are going up at all of our locations. Just raise, just raise one hand. That's your sign of surrender to Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, 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 man. God is so happy today. You can put those hands down. Come on, church, let's put our hands together, man. That's like, wow. Your life is about to change. Your life is about to change. You're about to come into true purpose and peace and love, and you're gonna feel that forgiveness. And we really, I really encourage you to come back. Come back next week. Just give God, give him an hour and 10 minutes of your week here where you can be around other followers of Jesus and get encouraged in the word of God so you can stay strong in your walk with Jesus. Let me pray this prayer. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. And church, even if you've already surrendered your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer as well. And let's help all the people today that are praying this prayer, some of them praying it maybe for the very first time. Let's say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and I surrender. I surrender my life to you. Lord, I follow you and I pray, not my will, but your will be done. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for everlasting life. I thank you for a fresh start. I trust you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.